0: This is the For the Beauty podcast. I'm your host, Chad Harrington. And our vision is to beautify the church, beautify the people of God, and to radiate and illuminate the world. Now, obviously, it's God who does this in us, but part of it is that we join with God. And so one of the ways we join with God, um, in kind of my own context, is providing resources. And I am so excited to share with you part of a book that Dave Clayton wrote called Revival Starts Here. What's amazing about this book is that we had over 400 churches in Nashville go through this together as we prayed and fasted for the city in January and February of 2019. We're going to do it again in 2020. So by the time you hear this, you may be actually participating in Awaken Nashville 2020. So take a listen to this first part of the book, Revival Starts Here, to buy the whole book go to him publications that's himpublications.com and order your copy of revival starts here we have it in paperback we have it in ebook and audiobook as well so here's the first part of it to give you a little taste for what the book is like no pun intended it is about fasting by the way so don't enjoy it too much but I um, wanted to share this with you and may God bless you, energize you, and give you a vision for what it looks like for you to reach your city together. Even now, declares the Lord,
1: return to me with all of your heart, with fasting and weeping and mourning. Rend your heart and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love. Joel 212 12-13 If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven, and I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. Second Chronicles 7.14 Introduction. Here we go. Several years ago, my wife Sydney and I began to notice the Holy Spirit gently and persistently inviting us to explore some deeper waters of life with God. This invitation from God came at what seemed to be an unusual time in our lives. Just a few years earlier, we had launched a new church called Ethos Church with a small group of friends. By nearly all measures, things had gone better than we had even hoped. Not only was the church growing, it was multiplying, and we were having more fun than we ever thought possible for such a challenging task. As the church rapidly grew, my family began to multiply as well. Like clockwork, Sydney would give birth to a little boy every two years or so. Our three boys filled our house with joy, laughter, and even some chaos as we learned to navigate these new seasons of life. Life was wild and full. We had a young, growing church. We had an even younger, growing family. Marriage was good. Parenting was good. Church was good. Life was good. And yet, despite all of the joy, we had a deep yearning for more. We longed to see God move among us in powerful ways we had only read about in Scripture and revival history. We wanted to experience this kind of life with God for ourselves. It was during this crazy season that the gentle voice of the Spirit began calling us to push into deeper waters, to believe God for more. We began to realize that in many ways, despite our success in ministry, we were still like little kids playing on the deck of our father's sailboat as it was tied safely to the dock inside a peaceful harbor. Over time, we gained the courage to acknowledge that although it was fun to play on the sailboat, playing on the sailboat didn't mean we were sailing, and it certainly didn't mean we were sailors. God began using this imagery of a boat, a harbor, and the open waters to illuminate what was a new way of understanding life in the kingdom. We discovered that if we weren't careful, we could become so comfortable in the safety of the harbor that we would never stop to ask whether or not we were actually sailing. I believe it is possible, dare I say common, for many Christians to spend their entire life believing in God, without ever attempting anything that actually requires them to exercise their faith. It is one thing to read stories about people who took great risk with God, but it's something entirely different to taste the sweetness of that kind of life on a personal level. This temptation to play it safe, especially in the realm of faith, is still a real struggle for Sydney and me at times. Even though we've experienced the deep reward that comes on the other side of risk-taking faith, the gravitational pull toward comfort and certainty can still feel crippling. Over the years, we've seen God move in astounding ways. Yet despite God's flawless track record, we still have moments in which we are slow to trust him, slow to launch out in faith again, and slow to set sail towards open waters. I don't know about you, but I want to be the kind of person who keeps pushing out towards the open waters with God. I think I was made for that. I think you were made for that. And I believe that is precisely what Jesus came to offer. It was that persistent call to explore the open waters of faith, That led us to a moment God used to forever shift the trajectory of our life and our ministry. God used the unexpected combination of a passing conversation with a new friend halfway around the world about an often ignored spiritual discipline to ignite a desire to once again believe God for the impossible in our city and far beyond. Let me try to explain. Sometimes seeing helps our believing. In February 2016, Sydney and I began a friendship with a couple named Marathi and Carol Wanjow and their three amazing children. I could fill an entire book with stories about this incredible family, but for the sake of time and space, I'll share just one. The Wanjows have been positioned by God in Nairobi, Kenya, and they lead one of the most amazing networks of churches I have ever seen. Our friendship with this family began that year when we got to spend several weeks with them and many of their global leaders who had gathered in Nairobi for a time of training and fellowship. Sydney and I were blown away by what we saw during our time there with our Kenyan brothers and sisters. Their love for God, their passion for reaching the lost, and their commitment to living holy, countercultural lives were just a few of the things that blessed our hearts and challenged our thinking in ways we never expected. To top it off, the prayer life of our Kenyan brothers and sisters impacted me in profound ways. One day, as Sydney and I were riding to the store with Carol, we were picking her brain about the spiritual vibrancy of their church network. We wanted to know why the Christians in their circle seemed to be so alive for Jesus. She was quick to remind us there are no silver bullets when it comes to spiritual development. But she went on to share an important spiritual rhythm that has transformed their churches and community for the better. I'll never forget what she said, Dave and Sydney. Much of what you see here is the simple result of prayer and fasting. We consistently practice the communal act of self-denial or fasting so we will have the strength and clarity that is needed to live faithfully for Jesus in a culture that is obsessed with self-gratification. That moment in the car with Carol is when many of the puzzle pieces began to click in our hearts. Little did we know that our family had arrived in Kenya on the last day of a month-long fast that the Wanjaws and their churches lean into every January. In fact, they spend nearly three months out of every year devoted to the Lord in prayer and fasting. Young and old, male and female, rich and poor— children and adults, all who are willing and able, commit themselves to a full-throttled pursuit of God above everything else through prayer and fasting. The result of that devotion is inspiring, to say the least. I remember leaving Kenya thinking to myself, if that is the kind of faith that prayer and fasting can help produce, then why have I given such little attention to this particular dimension of life with God? I'm convinced there are times when God will use someone else's life to ignite something wonderful and new inside of us. Like a match in the hand of God, their life becomes the spark for igniting a new season of wonder and growth deep within us. I often thank God for our friends in Kenya and the way he used them to ignite a hunger for prayer and fasting in our family and church. Not an isolated event. As I look back over the scope of Christian history, I realize that what we saw in Kenya was not an exception to the rule. In fact, more often than not, it is the rule. You would be hard-pressed to find any significant movement of God across human history that was not first preceded by a group of faithful men and women who were committed to the Lord in prayer and fasting. I believe Jesus' words that those who hunger and thirst for righteousness will be filled. Matthew 5, verse 6. I also believe that most of us will never hunger and thirst for righteousness because we've been trained to feast on the junk food of our age. I wonder if it is even possible to truly hunger for Jesus If our souls are currently satisfied with far lesser things. This is why I want to spend a few moments with you talking about prayer and fasting. I believe your joy depends on it. I believe the joy of those around you depends on it. And ultimately, I believe the full revelation of God's glory in our churches and culture depends on it. In other words, I believe this really matters. This conversation is not meant to be an all-encompassing discussion on prayer and fasting. In fact, for the sake of brevity, The bulk of my attention will focus on fasting because most of us are less familiar with this discipline. And since I believe you can pray without fasting, but you certainly cannot do a biblical fast without praying, by default we will end up dealing with both. I chose to call this book a conversation because that's what I pray this will become, not just between you and me, but more importantly between you and the people in your life with whom you will sail toward the open waters. As we embark on this journey, my prayer is that this conversation will help you move from learning to living. I hope it will help you to cut loose from the dock and set sail for the open water. If this discussion only leads you to think about praying and fasting, then it has failed. My prayer is that by the end of our time together, you will feel equipped and ready to take your next bold step towards God through prayer and fasting. So without
0: further ado, let's go. All right, that's the first part of Revival Starts Here by Dave Clayton. Make sure to share it on social, send it to someone via text or email that you know would want to hear this, and buy it at himpublications.com. All right, until next time.